0: One start of this. All right, we got some Spanish people here. Let's do it again. One start of this. All right, there you go. My dad says that in heaven the heavenly language is Spanish. He's a pastor, so he doesn't lie, so I, I, I trust him with that. But no, it's so great to be with you guys here. How was the ribs, huh? Was that good? That was amazing. God is good. He is faithful. Uh, and I praise the Lord on those ribs. But uh, as Mike said, we, we've been here for four months, my family and I. I've been married for eleven; it'll be eleven years in October. We have three children. Uh, but we uh, come from the state of Texas. Now, my wife's from Syracuse, New York, uh, but we—I ser- I was raised in Texas, uh, so I was, I, I was born East—well, raised in East Texas, and I served at a church in North Texas uh, for the past eight years. Uh, and then God, for some reason put Ohio uh, in, our, in our plans to come up here. Uh, that's uh, the, our youth pastor here, Eric. I know his older brother, I'm best friends with him, and he kept on for months just kind of, hey, man, you got to apply for the discipleship pastor. like, no, man, I'm good. Like, our church is growing, and, and I love Texas. Like, I'm good. Uh, but for some reason, God just put it in our hearts, my wife and I beginning to pray that we had to be here, uh, but we're enjoying it. I think this, I was talking to some, uh, some guys here, later, like this is a, a church that welcomes people well. Uh, we feel so welcome here. We want to thank you, those that have invited us to your house, hang out with your family. If you haven't done that, you can call me. We can make an appointment. I can come over, eat. No worry about that. No, but, uh, but I'm excited to, uh, to talk tonight. I thank you so much for, uh, for Mike for trusting me in that and, and for Craig's prayer. If I mess up, that means don't go to Craig's <laughs> for prayer requests because that means the prayer request did not the answer. No. Uh, but I, I want to share with you guys a passion of mine, a passion that was given to me by my parents. You see, I'm here tonight because I'm a product of this word that we're gonna talk about today is discipleship. Discipleship. How many of you ever heard that word before? Discipleship. And so tonight, my my desire and the the goal of tonight is to explain what is discipleship, why as followers of Christ, we need to disciple others and how to do it. You see, my dad... uh, has a great, great of my mom and dad. Uh, they came from Honduras, Central America, in the 70s. They came to New York City. Uh, they came to know Christ in, in New York City. Uh, but my, some of my family lived in California, so they moved from uh, New York City to California in the mid-70s, early 80s, and began. They were just about a couple months old Christians. They weren't even, they weren't like, and he seasoned Christians, they were just a few months knowing the Lord, and they found a church, a small church, Baptist church in California, and began just to, to attend. And then there was a big issue that happened within the church, uh, that the pastor's wife had an affair with someone else. And it kind of just messed up the whole, the whole church. And they made my dad, who was just about a couple months old of being a Christian, the leader of the church. Not knowing exactly what to do, he would just come and just say a few verses and pray, and that was it. But there was a, a, a guy in the area said, hey, I know a guy, a missionary, that can come and help you guys while you find a pastor. This guy can help you, can, can bring some healing, can just bring God's word and teach you and, and just pray over you guys as, as you guys look for a pastor. So my dad's like, yes, please, we need help. I need help. And my dad was about 32, 33 years old at the time. And so he's all right, go pick up this guy. He's coming from Argentina. And pick him up and he's gonna come for a couple almost a year or so just to come and help. And so my dad was thinking, I'm picking up a guy in his 40s or his fifties, a guy who's seasoned, a guy who knows God's word that can teach as well. He goes to the airport, he picks up a guy named Mario Tarasuk, and the guy is 27 years old. My dad looked at the guy and said, This is gonna be a disaster. In his mind, he's like, This is gonna be a disaster. Picks him up, rides in that first Sunday. My dad said that he opened God's word and started teaching it, and it's like something he's never heard before. Blew him away, the way he taught God's word, the way he had a passion for it. And for some reason, my dad and him, uh, he had a heart for my dad, and he said one Sunday, he said, hey, David, I want you to come to my house once a week, and I want to help you grow in Jesus. My dad's like, yes, I want that. So every once a week, he would go to Mario's house with a big pot of spaghetti, he will pour in them both, and Mario began to teach my dad how to study God's word. He began to teach my dad about theology, the doctrine of our faith. He began to teach my dad how to share Jesus to people. But then he made a challenge. He said, David, just as Pastor Robbie said here, you're not learning for yourself, but you're learning for other people behind you. And so Mario was a church planter. He went all around the United States to start uh, churches and every time he would call my parents and say, hey guys, I need help. I'm planning church in, in Washington, D.C., in Maryland, and New York, and my parents will sell everything and go follow him. And I remember asking my dad, I like, why? Like, why would you sell? Like, there was one point that he called them, they were in upstate New York, in Amsterdam, New York, in a church, a Perth Bible Church. He called them and said, hey David, I'm starting a Spanish church, I need your help. And at this time, my, dad had, my parents had a new home, new furniture, two, uh, two new cars. And this is when the economy in America was not good in the 70s. And so they prayed. My mom, they prayed for a week and said, you know what? We're going to go. We're going to go and help. And then one week, they sold everything. Sold their house, sold their car, and they packed everything in the car. My brother, and my older brother, and my sister, and drove all the way upstate New York. But they said in that time, they grew so much because they were being discipled. And because of that, there's two heroes in our house. is my dad and Maru Tarasuk. Because Maru Tarasuk took the time to invest in this man who was just a Christian for a couple months, teach him God's word, teach him how to the truth of who God is, when then he passed on to us. And so tonight I want to share with you guys what, as if you're a follower of Jesus, if you say, yeah, I've accepted Jesus as my savior, I want to follow him, that I want to share with you what is our mission. Because I believe sometimes we forget what our mission is. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 28, a well-known passage, verses 18 to 20. So this is Jesus. He has already risen from the dead. He's now ascending to be with God the Father. But as he's ascending, as he's going up and seeing God, he gives his last command to his disciples. And he says this, oh, well, we all know the great commission. He says this, Jesus came near to the disciples and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I'm always with you to the end of age. How many of you guys ever heard that verse, those verses before, right? The Great Commission. Now here's the thing. A lot of times when I go to churches or I hear other, other people preach on this, they focus on just the two things, is sharing the gospel and baptizing. But what's the third part there? What does the verse 20 says? It says, teaching them all that you have observed. So Jesus says this, I want you to sh- make disciples. I want you to share the gospel of how someone can change their life completely. Baptize them so the world can know that they've been, their lives have been changed. But also, I want you to teach them all that you know about me. So here, here's the thing. Before we, we go into I want to just give a definition of discipleship. Because discipleship right now is a buzzword that everybody's talking about. And, and the way I explain it is this, like, you know, like, for instance, football when I say the word football, what comes to mind? Wow. The Browns, right? Some of you guys, uh, huh, huh, you know, but, but it's okay, it's okay. But you can, we think of uh, American football, right? But if you go to Honduras and you say the word football, they're not thinking the same football you are. They're thinking the one that's in heaven. I'm joking. But, <laughs> sorry, no, no, no. but they're thinking about with their foot. But here's the thing, same word, two different definitions. And so here's a definition that, uh, this of Just a couple of years of reading and, and opportunity to talk to Pastor Robbie. His church actually has invested in me, uh, their discipleship staff. Uh, it's been great just to, to see what God's been doing uh, through them. But this is a definition that uh, their church has helped me in books I've read, and I kind of put it together. So this is definition of discipleship for me. It's believers equipping each other to grow deeper in God's word through intentional accountability in order To replicate faithful followers of Jesus. Read again. Discipleship is believers equipping each other to grow deeper in God's word through intentional accountability in order to replicate faithful followers of Jesus. So it's basically believers getting together, helping each other grow, just as Mario did to my dad. Help them and others to grow to understand God's word, to teach them about the doctrine of the faith and, and who God is and go out and share the gospel. But then replicate that. That is the purpose of what we are. Maybe you're wondering, what is the purpose of being a Christian? What is our mission? The first thing here I want to share is this. That priority of a Christian. What our purpose as followers of Christ is this. is to make disciples. is to make followers of Jesus. You see, we see that in the Great Commission. We see in 2 Timothy 2.2, it says, what well, you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, come to, be, to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So we continue with the testimony of my dad. I love this. And Mario taught my dad and discipled him and, 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 and helped him grow and understand God's word. And then I, about 1986 or so, my dad becomes a pastor in Southern California. I am born. I blessed the family because I was born. Uh, but he becomes a pastor, and he begins to pastor a small church in California, about 15 people. And he, the first thing they did was, all they knew and learned from Mario was this disciple. They would bring these couples, 15 couples. They would bring them to their home, make spaghetti, give them some food, and talk about Jesus it's interesting, a couple years ago, my mom uh, had, had cancer twice. Uh, and one of the men that my dad discipled. So growing up, I would wake up with my dad every Saturday at 6 o'clock in the morning and go to Denny's. And the reason why is because there was three men that he was helping grow in Christ. Learning, teaching them how to study God's word, teaching about theology, who God is, and then even going out and witnessing with them. And many of these were doctors, they were lawyers, Uh, and one of the families uh, was a doctor, so we called him when my mom had cancer, and he was like, hey, uh, you know, come fly down here, I got some friends, we'll operate her, we'll take care of it. just just come. And it was an awesome time, we were there about four days, my sister, my older brother, we're all there, and we're at this family's house that my parents discipled like many years ago. And that, uh, everything went well. My mom was cancer free. And then we started hanging out and we hang out at their house and we're all just around the dinner table, just, you know, cracking jokes, laughing. And then uh, the couple stopped and said, hey, David and Rosa, my mom, Rosa, we want to share with you what we did after you left California to go start another church in New Orleans. You see, we began to disciple three other couples just as you were, did with us. He says, those three couples then disciple three other couples who then in that three other couples started two churches in Mexico. And they, they turned to my parents and said, those are your great, great spiritual grandchildren. And listen, my dad's macho. He's tough. I've never seen the dude cry. But in that instance, I saw him bawling. I remember sitting there and saying, that's what the whole purpose of being a Christian the whole purpose of being a Christian is to know Jesus and to make him known with our lives. That is why we are here in our jobs, with our family, our neighborhoods. It's not just to live life, but it's to live life with the purpose. is to know Jesus and to make him known. And the priority as a Christian is to make disciples. The whole purpose of coming to church is to know Jesus, to learn how to live like Jesus, and then go and change the world for Jesus, wherever God has placed you. So my question for you guys, for those who have been believers, for if you've been a believer for uh, just uh, many years or just a couple, whatever, if you're a follower of Christ, have you invested in others to grow in Christ? Just think about that. Just as you know, my dad always says this, you're truly not making disciples until your disciples are making disciples. You see, Mario made disciples because he's the only disciple of my parents, but they went on to disciple, disciple others. And to know that I'm part of that tree of Mario who discipled my parents. You see, that is the whole purpose of being a follower of Christ, is that we have this relationship with Jesus, that we're growing deep, that we come here on Sunday, that we come to these men's Bible studies. But the question is, what do you do with all the information that you learn? Every sermon that you hear every Sunday, every Bible study you go to, Maybe adult Bible fellowships, whatever, all these different studies, and that you gain this knowledge, what do you do with it? Yes, it's for us to grow personally and to understand who Jesus is, to fall in love with him. But also, as Jesus said in verse 20, is to teach them to observe everything I've commanded you. And he says, and I am with you always. And so our priority as Christians, when it comes to discipleship, is, is to make disciples. Secondly is this. The purpose. So what's the purpose of discipleship? What is the purpose? The purpose is to make mature believers. To make mature believers. Colossians 1:28, 28, verses 1 to 29 says this. We proclaim him. That means sharing the gospel. Warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Paul says, I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully In me, So the Apostle Paul here, who we know his testimony, he was a terrorist, right? We see Acts chapter 9, he meets this Jesus that he hates and his life completely changed, becomes one of the best missionaries uh, we see. And he also writes, you know, half of of the New Testament. But he says here, this is my purpose. My purpose is to share the gospel, but then help people grow him so that when they're in the presence of God, I can present them mature in him. Just like our kids, right? If you have kids... Like the goal is not to, to raise them so they can live in your basement for the rest of your life, right? If your kids, I'm sorry, but, but that's not the goal. Like I want my kid, I want them gone. Like I want them, I can't wait. Like my parents, I remember I was the last one. My, I was going to school in, up, in a Bible college, upstate New York. My mom packed all my stuff three months before I was leaving. I was like, mom, I said, no, I'm ready. It's time for you to go. It's time for you to grow up. Let's go. I was like, dang, I need my clothes. Like, you know, but just as a parent, Our desire to see our children grow, to flourish, right? And to even make better decisions than we did. But see, that's the same way in our relationship with Christ. That we, as Paul even says, that we should not stay as infants, as babies, but we should continue to grow. And here's the thing, God did not intend for us to grow in him alone. That's why he made us the body of Christ, to help each other. And that's what discipleship is. It's just helping each other grow in Christ, but then replicating that, and going on. Listen, we see in the book of Acts that there was 120 believers on the planet. When Jesus ascended to heaven, there was only 120 believers. But the crazy thing is from 120 believers we are here today. You ever thought about that? That these 120 believers, they didn't have churches like we do today. They didn't have Wi-Fi. They didn't have like all these Bible studies, but what they did they have each other? They were helping each other grow. But then they were going replicating that to where we are here today because of their faithfulness and because they understood what discipleship was. They understood what their purpose was, was to make disciples and to make mature disciples for the glory of God. Thirdly is this. How do we do it? Now, you're probably here and say, okay, Steve, that's great. Discipleship, helping other people grow. That's awesome. But how do we do that? How do we do that? And there's a practical process that I use and, and Pastor Robbie uh, the last pastor that we, he was talking, kind of, uh, they've been helping me with this as well, and they're really big on this. But it's called the discipleship pathway, that basically it's kind of showing them how they can grow spiritually. And this is what I use when I disciple uh, guys and I'm in my disciple group, I kind of say, "Hey, where, where are you at in the discipleship pathway? Where are you at? How are you growing?" And so, and, and the way it comes from this is this that Jesus ministered to different groups. First congregation, we see this in Luke chapter ten. There's seventy-two disciples. And he sends them out, right? We see also that he had community. He had 12 disciples. But within those 12 disciples, he also had his core, which I like to call a discipleship group. What is Peter, James, and John? But with all that, they went to the crowd. They minister to large people. So, what does that mean for us? And this is kind of like uh, what, what, what it means for us today. The pathway is this that first is this. Come to church, and this is why I tell guys that I'm discipling. I say, man, are you coming to church faithfully on Sunday? Are you coming and knowing God, celebrating God, being with the other believers? Secondly, is this to be in biblical community, whether it be in connect groups that we have, ABFs, this men's Bible study here? Are you do you have some sort of support system that's helping you grow? I was just talking earlier. Uh, to the to guy here, we're talking about how, how we need fellowship, especially during hard times in our lives. We need that fellowship. We need that body. Thirdly is this, serving. Are you serving? Are you serving the church? Are you serving the community? Are you going out and sharing the gospel? And lastly is, are you making disciples? Are you discipling someone or being discipled? And so this is the pathway that I use a lot When I'm discipling people, but also I believe it's for the church to understand, okay, when I'm a member of the church, this is how I should grow or be a part of the church. And so I have a question. How many of you guys here tonight say, yeah, I have been personally discipled. Like I had someone mature in the faith actually invest in my life. If you ever have experienced that, raise your hand. Praise the Lord. How about it? Raise your hand. This is the first time you ever heard about this about discipleship all right good all right praise the lord so here's what i want to teach you guys tonight is this is how do we disciple if our priority is to make disciples our purpose is to make mature disciples how do we do it like what does it look like for instance when uh we were at this church in texas for eight years and God, I was a, the youth minister of about six and seven years, and, and then I became discipleship pastor in that same church. And my wife and I had opportunities to disciple just as my, all I knew was how to disciple because I grew up with that. In our house, there was always somebody in our dining table that my parents were investing in spiritually. And so that's the only thing I knew where to start. So when we first got there, we started discipling couples. We started discipling students, and, and we've seen our student ministry grow because of, of discipleship. But when the day came that we had to leave to come here, everybody would come to our house and just really just crying, just crying. And as we were unpacking, we, will find, we found notes in our boxes saying, thank you for investing in my life. Thank you for taking the time and loving on me and helping me grow. And guys, listen, i tell you one thing. There's nothing like it when you, pour your, when you invest in someone else's life. And help them grow. So how does that look? What does that mean? So here's the thing. If you want to be disciple, if you've been, man, you, maybe you're like my dad when he was just a few months old of being a Christian and you needed someone older to help you, to help you disciple. Maybe here's a how do I find someone to disciple me? There's three things here. First one is pray that the Lord sends someone to disciple you. And that's why it's so important that you be part of a biblical community, whether it be here in the men's group or ABFs in the morning or, or uh, our connect groups. And just pray that God will send you somebody to help you grow. And listen, that's always been my prayer. Even driving those twenty some hours from North Texas up here, I was praying with my Connect group leader, my small group leader. We're driving, and I, he asked me, "What's the one thing you'd be praying for?" I said, "Man, pray that I can find someone I can disciple, and someone that can disciple me, or just help me, encourage me." So pray. If you say, man, I'm, I'm hungry, I want to grow, I want I to know who Jesus is and to make him known, then pray that someone can help you to grow spiritually. And then secondly, is this join a church. If you haven't joined a church, man, join one. If you don't know a good church in the area, let me know. I can talk to you. I know a good church that you can join. Uh, but find a church for you to join, to build a relationship with. And also, but then also thirdly is this, look at people's lives. Look at men's life. And this is what I do. When I find someone I want to, hey, I just want you to, to kind of speak truth in my life. I watch how they live. And not that they're perfect, but man, that how they handle things. Like the men that have been able to disciple me, they're not perfect at all. But I love the way they handle when they mess up. The way they handle their mistakes points that points to Christ, even in their mistakes. And say, so I want to be part of that. So look. So if you say, man, I want to find someone to help me grow, look and seek okay, God. Who who is that person? And go out to them and ask them. And if they say no, don't be discouraged. That means that God has someone has, some, has someone else in mind for you. Because there's been moments I go to guys, heck, can you disciple?" It's like no, I'm like okay, maybe they don't like me, whatever. But it's more because God has someone else, and God's always provides somebody. So that's if you want to be a disciple. Now, if you're here, hopefully you're like yo, I'm ready to disciple. I want to mentor. I, I want to help make disciples, make mature believers in Christ. This is how you call what I call a discipleship group. Now, discipleship group, the, my definition is basically a group that you as a disciple have three guys that you're pouring into. For instance, uh, every Friday morning, I'm discipling a couple guys from Texas that I started discipling. And it was cool. When I was leaving, they are like, hey, can we still, can we have our discipleship group? I was like, yeah. I was like, well, you know, when's a good time? Friday mornings. I was like, all right, let's, let's meet, you know, 839. And he's like, oh, well. 8:30, 9 o'clock my time. Their time is 8 o'clock, so it works out pretty well for me. But, but we meet, and then Zoom, and we're talking. And we're just pouring in. And now here, like, we've been meeting for almost a year and a half. And now they're praying about who they're going to disciple. And so how do we start these discipleship groups? Maybe you've been a believer for many years. You're like, I just don't know how to start. And maybe you're saying, man, I'm not smart enough. And if my dad was here, he would say, that's great. That means you're a great disciple, because you won't... Trust your knowledge, your trust on the Lord. Because, guys, there's, there's plenty of times that I've discipled men that have like, are super smarter than me. But for some reason, I've been helping them grow. And it's been a great discipleship relationship. So how do we start these discipleship groups? How can I pour into someone else? Just as I said earlier, pray. Pray that God will send you someone that you can disciple, that you can help grow and be mature in the presence of the Lord. Just like Jesus did that in Luke chapter 6, verses 12 to 13, we see Jesus even praying for his disciples. So pray. Secondly is this, approach that individual to say, hey. And usually when I go to someone's head, I want to help you grow in Jesus. And when I say that, they're like, let's do it. Let's grow. Now, if they say no, that's okay. That means God has someone else in mind. Thirdly, it says, make a commitment with them to be committed and accountable to each other. So when I meet with my group, when I'm discipling somebody, I have this like a, like a, kind of like a contract, you can say, that I have them sign. That I say, I, for the next two years, I'm going to be committed to this group. And i tell you one thing. Whenever a guy signs that, they're so committed. That blood's got to be coming out of their arm. Like they got to lose their arm and they, they won't miss. And sometimes when I can't meet, they still meet together. And so give this commitment. I give this commitment, and they sign it and say, hey, I'm going to be committed to this group for the next two years, but also with the purpose in mind that I'm going to replicate this group with someone else as well. And fourthly is this, invest your life into your discipleship group participants for the next month or years. I always put two years, and I'm going to share a little bit of just what we do. I have a reading plan that I use, and it's on your table there. Uh, It's a reading plan just like this. This is what I use with my guys i the side. it goes, it's a reading plan. I think one of the best reading plans that I've used, uh, it goes from Genesis to the Old Testament. There's also a New Testament one. If you want the New Testament one, you can contact me. I'll give it to you. But I use this with my guys. That basically goes from the Old Testament, and there's a New Testament as well. But it highlights foundational passages of our faith. So you, like the book of Genesis, you don't read it all. The book of Numbers, you don't read it all. You just read passages that see how it all connects together. And then when you get to the, old te- the New Testament, you see how it all connects together, how it all points to Jesus. But also there's a method there I also put on tables table. It's called the Hear method. This is the method that I use when I do my personal devotional. But also I use when I'm discipling someone new. Someone who's never studied God's word or maybe someone who have, has a hard time studying God's word. I use this here, method. This is something that Pastor Robbie, the last pastor that spoke shared his testimony, him and his wife came up with this, this method uh, that it's been working wonderful uh, in my discipleship groups. Uh, so this is a great method to use for you personally if you don't have a method of how to study God's word. But as well, if you're investing in somebody, this is a great, great tool to use for them uh, to grow in that. So here's the thing, what, what do you do when you meet, right? It's, and I'll be honest, sometimes it gets a little awkward, especially if you don't know the person. And here's a couple of things I wanna challenge you with this is this, the way my groups look like, the way that when we, when we meet on, on Fridays or, or Lord willing to have a discipleship group here, what we do is this, number one, we pray. We open up with prayer. And we, two, we have a time of conversation. We talk about, hey, how's your week going, how things are going, Little small talk. And then we share about, celebrations and praises that things are happening in our life. We quote scripture to each other as we're memorizing together as a group. Then we share personal devotional. This is where that reading plan, we share about what we learn from it. And there's some application questions that I have that help them draw. But we talk about, hey, this is what's going on in my quiet time. This is what God's been challenging me. And this is what I want to do. And we kind of pray for each other in that. And then we You know, we share personal devotion. I put there, the goal of studying the Bible is to apply the word of God. And Pastor Robbie, the last, the pastor I spoke said this, knowledge without application is useless information. Knowledge without application is useless information. So again, all the time that you spend coming and hearing sermons, doing Bible study, have you put that to practice? Have you shared that information to someone else? Have their lives changed to the truth of God's word. And then, last I put there, we go over a book. So, usually I go over a theology book with the guys I'm discipling. Uh, and it's and, and basically the simple theology, just the surface of hey, who God is, who Jesus is, the, the Trinity, and all justification, all these terms that we hear. We go through that in, the past, in, in two years so they can understand the basic of their faith. But we also go out and witness, like my dad. He had his discipleship group. And so I remember one time, uh, it was a big soccer game in, in, in San Diego. It was Mexico and, uh, versus Japan, I think. And I remember he took three of his discipleship groups three hours before the game. And I was like, why are we going three hours before the game? But we're going because, you know, everybody's cooking, right? The tailgating. Tacos are going crazy. It was, it was a great day. I remember it. But the cool thing is this. My dad got all his guys that he was discipling and started passing out in booklets about Jesus. And he said, hey, I want you to have three conversations before the game. Let's go. And for, the, for three hours, I remember, they were going two by two and they were just sharing their faith. And after that, we went to the game and had some fun. They also took a mission trip together. They're basically kind of like what uh, Pastor Platt was saying, they live life together. Whenever my dad had a, a project to do, he would call somebody to come help him. Not that he needed the help, but it was more just to get to know them more. The man that discipled me, man, I, the, the pastor in Texas, uh, he, the, he was my youth pastor as well. But what he would do sometimes when he had to go to Home Depot or something like that, he would call me just to come on to just join him. And we wouldn't talk about Jesus, but at the end of the trip, it would talk about Jesus. And I would open up even more and get to know him even more. And so basically, he's living life together in there. Lastly is this. I want to share with you guys. Like, how do you know when you're growing spiritually? Right? Or how do you know that the person you're discipling is growing spiritually? Now, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to kind of measure people's spiritual growth, right? Because you can't get a measuring tech and be like, all right, you're good. You're, 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 you go on the roller coaster now. You're good. No, right? But there's a book uh, that I've read that Pastor, Pastor Robbie wrote. It's called Marks of a Disciple. And he talks about how this is what he uses when he disciples people to see, especially him personally, but also his disciples when he's discipling, to know when they're ready to invest in someone else's life. And there's a couple things here. First thing is missional. Missional meaning are they have a missional mindset. Do they understand the great commission that wherever they work, wherever they live, it's not by coincidence. It's because God purposely put them there to make to, to tell people about Jesus. Again, I'm, we're not looking for people who are going to top of the table and say, oh, y'all going to hell. No, we don't want that. But do they have that mental thing? Okay, the, my coworkers, my son's, you know, soccer team, their families in there. I don't know, some of you guys probably don't have kids play soccer, but, but I'm saying, like your kid's team, football, whatever. Are, you, are they being purposeful in sharing their faith? Secondly, this is accountability. Is there accountability in their life? Are they willing to share the truth and not just give you church answers or whatever answer you're looking for, but are they honestly being accountable and helping each other grow? And that's what I always tell my guys, said, listen, I'm not looking for good answers. I want the bad answers. Because I, w- I want to know how I can help you. And I always tell my guys, listen, if you don't tell me how, what's going on in your life, there's no way I can help you. So are they accountable? Are they trustworthy? that they were t- trusting you with, with uh, things that are happening in their lives. And then are they replicating? Basically, this, we see this here in 2 Timothy 2 2. Are they also have a desire to, to help others grow? Uh, Pastor Tim LaFleur, who's a, 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 one, one of my heroes who was big on discipleship, said this The gospel comes to you because it's heading to someone else. The gospel came to you because it's going to someone else, meaning that the gospel came to you because God wants you to grow in Him so then that, you can turn. And help others grow in him as well. Communal. Are they part of a, uh, a community? Or are they isolated? Oh, no, I don't want to be part of the church. Oh, I don't want to go here. I don't want to go. I just want to be myself. I'm going to grow by myself. Usually when guys say that, that's kind of a red flag for me. So, okay, what's going on? What's happening? Because if you are growing the Lord, you will see the importance of being with other believers uh, to help you. The fellowship, whether it be on Sunday, whether it be uh, different Bibles, like this men group. Do they have the desire to be with other believers to to grow? And scriptural. Are they digging in God's word? Are they growing in God's word? Are they spending time in God's word? You see, these are the things that I even look at my life, but also when I'm discipling someone else and I see that I don't do like a check mark kind of thing. I just kind of see where where they at spiritually, especially when they tell me, hey, I'm ready to disciple somebody. I kind of say, okay, let's see where you're at. And so this is kind of helps me, again, to measure, to see where people are who are ready to grow. But also, again, accountability to myself in that. And so lastly is this. So what happens when we don't disciple? So maybe you're here tonight and say, that's ah, well, okay. I'm just, I just want, I'm all right. I'm just going to come to church, do my thing and everything. But what happens when we don't disciple? First thing is this. You miss out on fellowship and accountability. Now the word fellowship we see in Acts chapter two is not the fellowship. Now, I, you know, I grew up Southern Baptist. I don't know if you ever had, but in Southern Baptist churches, like fellowship is like, yo, we about to eat, like we did today, and and that's it. But here in the early church in Acts chapter two, the word fellowship actually means to invest in somebody. That not only were they eating and having fun, eating some ribs, but also they're investing in each other, sharing each other, giving, helping each other as well. And so when we don't disciple, we miss the opportunity to invest and to help other people in need, but also accountability. Who's that person that checks up on you? My dad always says "As a minister does it. people who don't have accountability are going to fall the easiest. People who, followers of Christ, who don't have accountability in their life are the, are, the, are the easy ones to fall. So who is that in your life that you can go to during hard times I know the dirtiest secret in your in your in your life. You see, when things don't go right in my life, I got three guys that I call automatically to help me pray. Especially one when it comes to parenting. I'm not the greatest parent ever. And sometimes I lose my patience with these little three humans in my house. And sometimes when I, when I lose my, my patience, I you know I, I react. And I remember one time I called uh, Dennis Smith, he's one of our elders of church. Uh, in Texas, and he's been really discipling me out, like parenting. And I called him, and I said, man, I messed up, man. I messed up. And he's like, man, it's okay. Let's, let's, let's talk through this. And he helped me, uh, and he's helping me still of how to be a godly father uh, to my kids and a godly husband as well, too. So who is that person in your life that you have? And also, when you don't disciple, you fail to realize the wealth in Jesus and walk with Jesus. Listen, when I'm discipling someone we're going through that reading plan, like, I find new things that I missed the first time I read it. And I begin to enjoy who Jesus really is. But not only that, I love it to see in other people's lives. That there are guys I have disciple who faithfully don't come to church, don't want to be part of it, don't know anything about God's word. But as we spend with them even a couple months, I see the change in their life, their hunger that they have to grow deeper in God's word and to tell other people about him. And if we don't disciple and you're a follower of Christ, you're missing that great opportunity. Especially for me, when I have a bad day, I call one of the guys that, that, that I, I, I disciple, and they always say, hey, man, this is what God's doing in my life. Just today, a guy named Trey, I was just uh, earlier today, I called him. We were going we to meet, you know, talk through Zoom. He's in Texas, and he was just sharing me just great things that are happening in his life. And, uh, and it's great, and it encourages me, you know, to, to know that, man, this is crazy, that me, a sinner, Steve Bogan, that God wants to use me to help someone else grow. That just blows my mind. God doesn't need us. We need him, but he uses us. And that's the whole purpose of being a Christian. Like I said, it's to know Jesus and to make him known as we live our lives. And lastly is this. When we, when we don't disciple, we're ignoring the strategy and mission that the Lord has for us. This is the purpose. This is the purpose of, of as a Christian, that we, if we don't disciple We're not doing the last command that Jesus told. And I love what Pastor Robbie says, that that Jesus' last command should be a first work. I always say that Jesus' last command should be a first desire. That we as believers in Jesus, that, man, if you've been a Christian for many years, but yet you have not invested, listen, you still got time. But the whole point is not to gain knowledge for yourself. But the whole point is to gain knowledge about who Jesus is and then going back and making disciples for the glory of God. Investing. And God, listen, sometimes investing in people's life isn't isn't easy. I remember my parents always gave sometimes getting phone calls at 3 o'clock in the morning with people they're discipling who have marital issues. And and my dad was a part he had a part-time pastor. That means he got part-time pay but full time hours. And he also was a machinist, so he would work from 6, uh, 6 p.m. to six a.m. sometimes. And sometimes he would come from work and get a phone call at uh, at 7 to say, I got some issues. And he would go right after work and go and meet with people and help them grow. So it's not always easy. It's not. There's some even relationships I had that where I had to like, you know, there was some conflict in there. But here's the thing. It's the best thing to do, to know that, man, God wants me to invest in someone else. This is why he created me. This is my purpose. So if you're here tonight, you're like, man, What is my purpose? as a follower of Christ, is to know Jesus and to make him known. And the way we make him known is by making disciples. Verbally, with our mouth, sharing the gospel. And not just saying, all right, they accept the Christ, they got baptized, I'm done. No, but they say, okay, hey, I want to invest in you. Uh, There's a a gentleman in this church that I I had an opportunity to hear his testimony. And he he shares that Easter Sunday, someone got baptized here, uh, and he was sitting in the back, And and we, uh, if you guys seen our baptism here, we show a video uh, of a testimony to everybody who gets baptized. And he, this young guy, maybe in mid-20s, late-20s, he accepted the Lord, getting baptized. He shares where he lives. And this gentleman sitting in the back over here, he's like, oh, I live two minutes away from that guy. I want to ask him if I can disciple him. He got up, asked him, now they've been discipling, they have a discipleship relationship. And here's the thing, that is my desire. That is my dream, my prayer. And that's why I'm here. My job as a discipleship pastor is to equip the saints to make new saints. My desire is to equip God's people to make new God's people. Or you can say, equipping disciples to make disciples for the glory of God. And that's my desire. Why? Because I'm a product of that. All started by a man named Mario who understood his, his purpose was well, not only for him to grow in Christ, but also to teach others and to think if he didn't teach, disciple my parents, where would we be? And so if you're here tonight and you say, man, you know, I just became a Christian or, hey, I want to become a Christian, listen, talk to us. We would love to tell you how you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But if you're here and you say, man, I've been a Christian just for a few months, I need someone to disciple me, listen, pray. And this is the whole point for you, to, that God will send you someone to disciple. But if you've been a Christian here for many years, and it's time for you to disciple someone else. Because that is our purpose, is to know Jesus and to make him known. So I'm gonna pray real quick and then we'll, we'll move on. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for tonight. God, thank you for these men being here. I thank you for these men that maybe some have families and, and grandkids, children, whatever, the life situation they're in. But God, thank you that you brought them here tonight for a reason. And, and God, thank you for giving us our mission, that you created us, not just for us to come to church, but to come to church to learn about you, so that we can invest in other people as well. God, I pray tonight that you would just stir in people's heart. There's men in here that need to be discipled. I pray that tonight they will start praying to you that you that you will send somebody to disciple them. And they will start looking. And, God, Lord, there's men here tonight that I pray that their hearts will start just start getting excited about the thought that they can invest in someone else to grow in you, that we're not trying to create another version of us, what we're trying to create is you, other followers of, of you, Father. God, I pray tonight that you will use these men for your glory. God, help us to know that this is your strategy to change the world by making disciples, mature disciples, to bring you glory. God, we love you and we praise you and we pray, amen. Listen, on the table there, uh, those welcome cards, if you are like, hey, tonight, Steve, I wanna be trained how to disciple someone else, I want you to please write your name and just say, I wanna disciple someone. And if you're here tonight and you say, hey, I wanna be discipled, just write your name and say, I want, I want someone to help me grow in Jesus, or I want to be a disciple. And let me know that because uh, my, my goal is to do some training on discipleship and, and as well as putting people together to, uh, to grow in Christ. But God, listen, I'm praying for you guys. Thank you for your time. You guys have a great night.